Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Embrace. Good to have you with us to worship the Lord here today. If it is your first time, if you are new here or you're still kind of settling in, let me just tell you how excited we are to have you with us today. And let me be the first to welcome you. Hopefully you'll get to talk to lots of other friendly folks as well and feel really welcome this morning. Please, if there's anything that we can do to answer questions for you or offer support, just let us know. We'd be happy to do that. So this morning when you came in, there were announcement sheets on the welcome tables. There's one at the back and then one at the side entrance as well. And if you didn't grab those announcements when you came in, feel free to grab them on your way out. We also have an announcement email. So if you want to be added to that, you can fill out this pretty blue connect card and let us know that you would like to be on the email list. We do not send spam. We just send an email on Sunday mornings. So it'll keep you in the know. You can also share your info with us and tell us if you would like to learn more about small groups or meet with a pastor or any of these other awesome options. And there's a space to put prayer requests on the back of this card as well. So we have a team of individuals who always keep these requests confidential, but they do lift them up faithfully each week. And we believe in partnering in prayer and carrying each other's burdens. So if you've come here this morning and you are really wrestling with something or celebrating something or just don't want to have to think about it alone, please fill out a prayer request. You can also always send prayer requests to prayer at embraceyourcity.com. And those will get added and sent to the team as well. If you fill one of these out or if you would like to give while you are in the building this morning, you can do that in either of the boxes. There's one at the back and one at the side door over here. You can also always give online at embraceyourcity.com slash give or by this really cool QR code. So you can do that this morning if you don't want to forget right there. All right. So without any more announcements, I just lastly want to remind you that we have a stream available in the cafe. So the service that's happening in here is also on a TV in the room across the hall. So if at any point during the morning you would like a sensory break or you just need some space or it would be helpful for somebody in your family to be in there, you are welcome to just head on over to the cafe and continue to participate in the service. So that's available for anybody who is interested. And I do think that is everything. So again, so glad you're here. Thank you for worshiping with us. Let's join with Laban in a call to worship. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. I invite you to stand. Let's join together in this reading. Open our hearts and minds to what the Lord has for us this morning. O oh Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be We've got a lot of space in this room. I invite you to move around as you want to, dance as you'd like to on this first one. Let's fill this room with joy this morning. Forever 
all your failures, bring your addictions, come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting there with open arms. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son to save us. Whoever believes in him will live forever. The power of hell, the power of hell is forever defeated. Now it is well. I'm walking in freedom for God so loved. For God so loved the world. His one and only Son to save. For God so loved the world that He gave us. His one and only Son to save us. Forever the reason will live forever. The power of hell forever defeated. Now it is well. I'm walking in freedom for God so love, for God so love the know that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Nothing. Let us in freedom confess the wrong we have done. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We're going to take a couple minutes here to turn to a neighbor next to you. We're going to share something from your life, either a gratitude or a lament, something positive. It could be something a little bit more negative. But, uh, you know, let's share with one another and uh, lift each other up. And uh, we'll continue our worship time here in a few minutes.
All right, take a couple moments to wrap up your conversations. And as you feel like it, stand, stand together. Let's continue our worship time. God is steadfast. 
I will sing and make music with all my soul. Awake, harp and lyre, I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Save us and help us with your right hand, that those you love may be delivered. Lord, we're all carrying something this morning. Might be a fear, might be pain. Might be hopes or plans that we've been waiting a long time for. But we carry it this morning, Lord. And Jesus, we just want to invite you into this place. You are love and you are power. Love and power. We hold it loosely in our hands and we open our hands to you and we invite you in to whatever it is, whatever we are carrying. You are the good shepherd, you are our brother, and you are Lord. Meet us here in this place this morning. turn it around and God turn it around and God turn it around I'm calling on the name that changes everything and God turn it around and God turn it around and God turn it around and all of my hope is in the name, the name of Jesus. And breakthrough will come, will come in the name, the name of Jesus. Sing that again, all my hope. And all of my hope is in the name, the name of Jesus. And breakthrough will come, will come in the name, the name of Jesus. I'm praying God, come and turn this thing around. And God, turn it around. And God turn it around, and God turn it around. And I'm calling on the name that changes everything. And God turn it around, and God turn it around, and God turn it around. And all of my hope is in the name, the name of Jesus. And breakthrough will come, will come in the name, the name of Jesus. And all of my hope is in the name, the name of Jesus. Us. And breakthrough will come, will come in the name, the name of Jesus. And God turn it around, and God turn it around, and God turn it around. 
May God turn it around. May God turn it around. God turn it around. He is up to something. He is up to something. God is doing something right now. He is up to something. He is up to something. God is doing something right now. He is healing someone. He is saving someone. God is doing something right now. He is healing someone. He is saving someone. God is doing something right now. He is moving mountains, making a way for someone. God is doing something right now. He is moving mountains, making a way for someone. God is doing something right now. He is moving mountains, making a way for someone. God is doing something right now. Moving mountains, making a way for someone. God is doing something. And all of my hope is in the name, the name of Jesus. And breakthrough will come, will come in the name, the name of Jesus. All in my hope is in the name, the name of Jesus. And breakthrough will come, will come in the name, the name of Jesus. And God turn it around, and God turn it around, and God turn it around. God turn it around, and God turn it around, and God turn it around. Amen. Thank you all for leading us this morning. Let's give another hand clap of praise. It's been beautiful. Yeah. You may be seated. This is an exciting morning that many of you have been waiting a month for. The Wonder Room is back today. Yes, we are excited for that. So just an announcement before we dismiss. If you have a student who is um, moving into a new room today, so if you had a second grader, they will now be in the classroom down here if they are now a third grader. Um, so that room releases down on the ground floor, but the other two rooms upstairs are still for pre-K, through second grade. So that's where those students will be. If your child has not gone up to the, yes, Dan. No, the 70 year old class is not a thing yet. We'll, we'll see, yeah, um, yes. So if your child has not been up to the Wonder Room before, you are welcome to walk up there with them. In fact, we ask that you do to fill out a registration form because we want to know if your child has allergies and how we can get a hold of you if something happens. So please make sure to fill out that information. Um, also, if your child is just a little nervous, you're welcome to walk upstairs with them. You can even sit and stay a little while if you'd like to. But we are excited for the Wonder Room. And without further ado, let me dismiss all of the children. Yes, come on. Four years old through fifth grade is invited to come to the Wonder Room now. As the kids are heading out, um, we're going to transition into a time of prayer. And so I'm going to kneel here at the altar like I do each week. If anyone uh, likes to pray uh, kneeling at the altar, then you're welcome to join me at the front. Um, this morning, we're going to spend just a little bit of time in silence 
um, as we begin our time of prayer, and I encourage you during that time of silence just to focus on your breathing, just uh, be aware that God's Spirit is here, God's Spirit is moving in this space and moving even within us and through us. And then after that, I'm going to read a, a psalm for us as a prayer, and then we'll close by saying the Lord's Prayer together. So if anyone would like to come up and kneel at the front, you're welcome to join me. Psalm 42 and Psalm 43. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you, from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause, against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Now we can join together and say this prayer that Jesus taught us, his disciples, to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'm glad to be here with you all. If I don't know you, my name is John Gallagher, and I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I'm excited to start something new this morning, Um, and so uh, we'll get into it, and I'll share what it is in just a little bit, but um, a couple of months ago, I was talking with Tanya and Christina and Rachel. We all have a a Zoom call every week um, just to connect and talk about different things going on in the church and also pray for one another. And we were getting into some really uh, deep conversation about our church. And, and this can happen to me sometimes where I just get deep into my head and my thoughts. And, and we were talking about it and processing some things. And I remember asking the question, I was like, like, who are we as a church? Like, what is our identity? What is Embrace really all about? It's like, who are we going to be moving forward into this uncertain future? And I was like, yeah, we, we got to figure this out. We got to figure this out. Tanya kindly pushed back and she said, John, I think we know who we are as a church. She's like, all the things we've been doing, the decisions we've made, all the things that we're up to, like, I think they've been pretty true to who we are. And Tanya reminded me, she's like, John, we have our values. We have these values that are guiding and impacting the decisions and the direction that we are moving as a congregation. And And we all kind of paused for a moment, and I said, well, I think you're right, Tanya. We do have our values, and they have been guiding us as we've been navigating just like uh, countless hard challenges and decisions and things that we've gotten into over the many, many years that have come before us. You know, our values, what we value, what is important to us matters so much, and it really influences the way we live and we act in this world. I have a, a confession to make, and I'm not proud of it, but I think y'all should know. Um, I've watched a few seasons of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Has anyone else done this before? Now, when I say a few, and I say a few, I'm talking like maybe more than 10. I've seen quite a few of them. It's been a while, though. It's been a few years. Please forgive me. Um, as stupid as the show is, it's, it's pretty fascinating when you get down to it. Um, my conclusion is that they're all lying uh, or they're all just really, really confused. Because every one of them will say, you know, I've been searching for love for so long and I just haven't found it. So the best idea they could come up with is going reality TV to try to find true love. When we know that almost every relationship ends up in tragic failure uh, from that show. Another thing that I always think is funny is they have these deep conversations, you know, and they're always trying to talk about the things they value and what's important to them. And every single one of them says, I just value family and hard work and kindness and love and commitment and all these things. And I'm like, really? Like, all y'all value family? All y'all value these things? Like, I just don't believe it. And then you watch the show and you see the way they act and you're like, There's no way that they value all the things that they say they do. You know, our values, the things that are important to us, that we hold dear to us, they affect the way we live and work and act in this world. And really what we value, the underlying values that we have, usually determine how we act in a given situation. In the past year I've been, I was part of a group and we were having some really just deep conflict and and I remember just being so confused, but then as I thought about it more and more, I realized that we, we just shared different values in this group, and we were never really going to be able to see eye to eye because our values didn't line up, and the things that I was valuing and the things they were valuing were not the same. Therefore, we just were butting heads too many times, and I had to come to that conclusion. Our values truly do influence our action and the way we live in this world. You know, there's a group of people in our nation that call themselves values voters. And and these folks claim that they vote based on their values. 
But the thing is, we're all values voters. We're just, we just value different things, right? When we go and we cast our vote, we're voting for a candidate based on certain things that we value as important. Values influence our action. We all have values that guide the way we live our lives. And, and you may not have ever really thought about what your values are, but you have them. And, and your family does. And even organizations and institutions and churches have values, and they guide the way we live our lives. You know, you could probably visit a church on a Sunday morning and just go for one Sunday and just pay attention to what they're doing, what they say, the songs they sing, the announcements they give, look at their stuff in their bulletin. And, and you could probably, just by paying attention to what they're doing and saying, determine what some of their values are. At Embrace, uh, we realize that our values are important because that influences the way we do church. And so, as some of you know, uh, some, some churches... Uh, do things that greatly bless people and, and enrich their lives, but also churches have done a lot of things that have greatly harmed folks as well. A few years ago, uh, our leadership at Embrace, and, and this was over five years ago, we, we got together and we spent a few months reflecting on our values. And, and we started thinking about, like, what is it uh, that defines our church? Who are we? Like, what makes Embrace Embrace? By and large, a lot of churches share a lot of the same beliefs. They share a lot of the same convictions. But when you go into each individual church, uh, Rick Reams could tell you this because he visited like 50 churches in one year a few years back. Uh, he, he could probably tell you he went into all these churches had a unique flavor, right? They all felt a little bit different. And, and we were trying to ask the question, like, what makes Embrace uniquely Embrace? Because we are a unique church, just like all the churches on our street have their own unique identity. What is important to us? What do we value? And so we spent some time reflecting on this. Um, one thing that we did is we got out the Bible and we looked at Bible stories and passages that have really been important to us. Things that keep coming up in sermons and conversations that we're having. We thought about words and phrases that accurately describe who we are. We thought about conversations that we're having with people and what they say they like about Embrace. We also thought about the values maybe we don't fully have right now, but we want to live into and we believe we need to have. And so we came up with six values that we believe uniquely describe our church. And we hope that our action and what we do and everything about us really flows from these values. Now keep in mind they don't cover everything um, about our identity, but these unique values I think really do uh, make embrace embrace, and I still feel them 100% um, even from, you know, five plus years ago when we came up with them. And so I want to share them with you. Um, some of you have heard these before. Some of you maybe haven't. So the first value is we keep Jesus at the center. We are comfortable with being uncomfortable. Amen. We keep it real. We are gritty Christ followers. We believe that church equals diverse family, and we are also neighborhood-focused. And so over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to break down these values and we're going to talk about them during our services on Sundays and Mondays. And so we've done this, like, I think two times in the past, but it's been quite a few years now. Um, the pandemic happened and all that. It was before that, I know. Um, I think it was back in 2018 which feels like a couple of lifetimes ago. Um, and so it's been a while, and so I think we might need a refresher. But then also, there's a lot of folks who have come since then, and we have a lot of folks who visited even during the pandemic online and are now here with us in person. And so we want to make sure that, that everybody kind of understands what these are because they're really important to us, and they really help, uh, help me understand better and help me stay true in the way I lead, in the way I think about Embrace, because um, I want to stay true to these values and who we are. And we believe also that these values influence how we're going to be in this community and, and influence our action. And so this morning, we're going to start with the first value, which is the most important one. And, and really, I think everything else flows from this one. And it is that we keep Jesus at the center. I was watching this show the other night, and I watched an episode, and I didn't enjoy watching the episode but Laura and I were watching this show called Reservation Dogs on Hulu, and it's a good show, but uh, 
this episode in particular was like really painful to watch. And, and it focused on the abuse that happened in these Native American boarding schools that were established in the United States many years back. And what happened is Native American children were stolen basically from their families and forced to live and learn in these boarding schools. And, and I've, I've studied a little bit about this. And in many ways, part of the goal was to try to fully like indoctrinate them into kind of the American way. And, and it was really just awful and abusive and oppressive what happened in these schools. And, and the thing that, that for me as a Christian is most disturbing to me is that these schools were often run by Christians, claiming Jesus as their Lord. And, and as I watched the show, it brought up a lot of other things, just things that I know about the history of our faith. And I just found myself uncomfortable during the show, but I was also feeling anger inside of me, reminding me of all the harm that has been done to others in Jesus' name. And over the past few years, I've been on a bit of a mission, and it's really to get back to the essence of our faith. Because the word Christian has been so distorted and manipulated and abused. It's a little confusing even to know what it means sometimes to call yourself a Christian, and some people don't even want to take that title anymore. To be a Christian fundamentally means to be a Christ one. And to be a Christ one really means to be a little Christ to be like Jesus. Yet so much of what we call Christian looks absolutely nothing like Jesus. And so I keep going back. I keep going back to the beginning, to the origins of our faith, to the place where all of this began. And it's in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. And I'm really seeking what has been called a radical faith. And and I don't mean the word Radical may be the way you think of it, but the word radical, the, the, the meaning of that word, it comes from um, this word really that means to the root. Radical is about the root. It is about the essence. It is about the origin, the beginning. And so I want to get back to the root of our faith, to the true meaning and spirit of our faith. And I believe we find the root of our faith in Jesus. Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, he says these words about Jesus in Colossians. And I'm not sure if there's a, a more like grandiose way to talk about Jesus in the, in the Bible than these verses in Colossians, but I'll read them for you. He says the Son, when he says the Son, he's talking about Jesus. He says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. For He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. You know, the entire New Testament in the Bible, and when I'm talking about the New Testament, if you don't read the Bible very often, it's the, the latter part of it. You have the Old Testament and the New Testament. It begins with the four Gospels, which are written about the story of Jesus, and then you have a lot of letters that were written after that, trying to make sense of this person Jesus and what Jesus accomplished here on earth. In a sense, I think the New Testament, really, it's a response to the work of Jesus. The authors of the New Testament believed that Jesus changed everything, and they wrote the Gospels and these letters to try to make sense of how Jesus turned the world upside down. And so they spent many words trying to articulate and make sense of this Jesus person and how Jesus turned everything upside down. Verse 15 is perhaps, I think, one of the most important verses in the whole Bible to me. 
And it says that the Son, or Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. We cannot see God, right? But we have seen Jesus. He actually lived in this world, and He walked among us. He had a home. He had a family. He grew up into a young adult. And He lived, and He had friendships, and He modeled for us what God is really like. He actually lived. And so the way I read these verses is that if we want to know what God is like, then we look at Jesus. If we want to know what to be a human who is fully devoted to the will of God, we look at Jesus and we find it there. And so as we're navigating uncertain times in our world, and there's so many different ways that being a Christian is talked about, like it can be confusing to, to understand and know like the best path forward sometimes. As we're trying to be the best church we can be and the best people we can be, I think we need to keep Jesus at the center of all of it. And in my thinking, in matters of confusion, I think we ought to look to Jesus and ask, how does Jesus' example and teachings direct and guide us? And for me, that's the first place I'm going every time. Jesus' example and Jesus' teachings, how do they guide us in this moment? And how can we reimagine Jesus and His work in our time today? You know, a few years ago, I came across this concept. It was in a book about spiritual disciplines, but it's this idea of inward simplicity. And, you know, we, we have... Our lives are pretty complicated, right? There's a lot of competing demands. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot going on. we got a lot of relationships. And, and our lives can be very complicated. And inward simplicity is this idea of all the complexity of life being simplified um, and, and finding some kind of unity. And it mainly applies to individuals, but I believe it can speak to our congregation as well. In Psalm 86, David prays for an undivided heart. A heart that is fully devoted to God. And you can explain this in many ways, but I think this idea of inward simplicity is very helpful. And there's an ancient term called the single eye. And I don't know if y'all have heard of this before. But if you think about a single eye, a single eye expresses singular focus. And a single eye is focused solely on one thing. Soren Kierkegaard famously said that purity of heart is to will one thing. Thing. And so inward simplicity is this idea that the crazy complexity of our lives can come into unity into one thing. And I believe the one thing is Jesus. And you can't get much simpler than one thing. And I like simple things. And so if all of it can be simplified into Jesus, then that seems helpful to me. You know, churches can be complicated places pulled in a million different directions by a lot of different people. Um, churches can often tend to become really preference-oriented, where you have preferences, all the different people, and they think their preferences are the top thing that's most important, and you just try to cater to all this different stuff. Churches can be very complicated. We are complicated people that are pulled in many different directions by many different people. And you may feel scattered, you may feel divided. You may feel overwhelmed and anxious by your complex problem and demands. And I think the answer for us as individuals and as a church might be able to be found at just continuing to try to place Jesus at the center of our lives. As a church, we want always to let our actions and our decisions and our mission and all of it flow from our commitment to following in the way of Jesus. As people who are seeking to make sense of this complicated life, I think we can also do the same in our personal lives, in our marriages, in our families, in our friend groups. Seek to let our actions and our decisions and our purpose flow from our commitment to following the way of Jesus. I want to read this prayer from St. Patrick. And, and you all have probably heard it before, uh, but it's really powerful. And I think it really sums up uh, this idea of keeping Jesus at the center. And I'm going to close by reading this, and then we're going to refer back to this value many times as we go throughout this series. But let me read this as we close. Christ with me, Christ before me. Christ behind me, Christ in me. 
Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my left, Christ on my right, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every ear that sees me, or every eye that sees me, and Christ in every ear that hears me. You know, if we think of that idea of the divine center, this uh, single eye, this idea that, that Jesus is at the center of everything, then, then I do believe it can help us to bring together all the complexity of our lives if we truly seek to allow everything we do, everything we think, the way we live and work in this world to flow from that divine center. And so I encourage you all this week to ask yourself, as you go throughout your day-to-day life, ask, is this, is, 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 am I allowing kind of the way that I work and live in this world to flow from that divine center? And, and it takes that daily kind of commitment to placing Jesus back at the center because, you know, in our, in our world, we talk a lot about how we marginalize people and we push folks to the margins, and we do that over and over and over again. And I think we also, as Christians, can marginalize Jesus where we push Jesus to the margin of our life and we say, hey, you're just a part of my life and you're out here and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of draw upon you when I need you, Jesus. But what Jesus wants from us, I believe, is to be placed at the center where everything we do flows from that. And, and so I encourage you all this week to really think about how you can live into this prayer of St. Patrick and, and also we're going to continue to think about as a church how we can continue to keep Jesus at the center of what we do. You know, we take communion every week at Embrace because we, we believe that it is so easy to push Jesus to the margins, to push Jesus, Jesus to the side. And we take communion every week in many ways because we want to continue to, to remind ourselves that, that Jesus is why we do this. That we believe Jesus changed everything. And we believe Jesus is the reason we're here and the reason we're doing all of this. And so we take communion each week to remember Jesus, to experience Jesus, to feel His love and His presence, and also be reminded of that purpose that He has for us here in this world. So I invite you all to bow your heads just for a moment. God, we are so grateful to be here today. God, we are grateful to be a part of this community. Some of us have been a part of it for many years, and some of us have just joined up, and maybe some are just visiting today, and, and we're grateful for everyone that's a part of it, and everyone that is here today. And we, we're grateful, Lord, that you are here among us, wanting to speak to us, wanting to encourage us. Wanting to offer us joy and life and peace in our lives. And so, God, we pray today that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon this bread and juice, that it would be for us the body and blood of Christ, that, Lord, this morning you would fill us up in a fresh way, and that we would leave here changed because we've encountered you, the living God. pray, Lord, this morning also that you would help us, Lord, to have your eyes, to have your ears, to have your mind and heart, that, Lord, we would be able to see through all the distraction and through all the noise, that we would be able to see through all the many years of of hurt and, and just tragic neglect of the gospel that has happened within the church in so many ways. And that we could get back, Lord, to the root of all of this. That we could get back, Lord, to the essence of our faith, that call to love, that call to reach out, that call to come together in unity around a purpose to see this world redeemed and restored. And I pray, Lord, that we could continue to have eyes to see through all of that junk, to see the essence and the beauty of the gospel, to see the essence and the beauty of you 
and, and to be able to see you, Lord, for who you are. So God, I pray that you would continue to open our eyes and open our hearts to continually receive the gospel message, this message of goodness and transformation and love. Lord, we need you so much, and I pray that this morning we would be able just to feel your presence deep within us, to tap into that well of living water that is bursting forth inside of us. And that we would leave here, Lord, just feeling closer to you and more ready to to move throughout our complicated lives, knowing that we can bring it all together in unity in you. Help us to walk that path, Lord, that you've laid out before us. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite those who are helping me serve communion to come on up. Here at Embrace, we take communion by you'll just form two lines down the center aisle. As you come forward, just have your hands open to receive the bread. Your server will rip off a piece of bread for you. They'll dip it in the cup and hand it to you. Um, If you need Kleenex, they're at the end of the altar there. You're welcome to kneel at the altar and pray if you would like. Everybody is invited to join us for communion. You don't have to be a member of our church. You don't have to have it all figured out. If you want to know God more, then I believe God's open. Arms are open to you, inviting you to come. And so whenever you feel led, come and join us. to stand together. Your name is like honey on my lips. Your spirit like water. 
Thank you all so much for being here this morning. It was good to see you. I um, hope you all have a great week. If you all could prepare your hearts to receive the benediction, may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace. We'll see you next time.